0: 971 FM Talk Podcast. The Any Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no
1: coupons. Ruler Foods.
2: That is exactly what I
1: needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they are talking about. That's us, that's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture love the ladies. I mean, they read my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady.
2: What do you want from
1: me? I'm not a merry sweetheart
3: goodness sake, kid, keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio.
1: I'm not a merry sweetheart
0: This is The Annie Fry Show.
4: Well, this is the Annie Fry Show. If you're just tuning in, eh, sorry that Annie's not here, but uh, the rest of the team is here. She is sick. uh, Just a quick update. So on Monday, uh, she had to leave last second. She was here. Everything was set up, and she got a call that her, her daughter had a very high fever, so she had to run. And so... I stepped in, the rest of the team we filled in on Monday. She was here yesterday, if you heard the show, but she was just coughing a lot. And by the time the show was over and into the evening, she was recognizing, you know what, whatever my daughters have had, I now have. And so that is why she is not here today. We said, just stay home, get better. And if you can rest up today, then maybe we can finish out the week. But we'll see what the rest of the week looks like. I'm Ryan Wiggins, though, filling in for Annie Fry today with the rest of the team. Brad here, Leah here. And then A.B. from the Brett Mega Morning Show. Hello. Hello. So today's YouTube live chat poll is the reason that we have a full room in this segment. The poll is, are you worried that A.I. could take your job? Yes or no? Now, I I was reading a story, and that's what led to this poll. It has to do with job cuts that are happening across the nation. Now, there are a couple different places that this is happening, but I'll just read you the news here. Today, UPS announced it will use artificial intelligence to reduce office workers. It joins Google, Amazon, and others in the shift. And the total number of jobs lost here, as reported by the Wall Street Journal, is about 12,000 jobs. So this had to do with a little bit of a spat, I think, between the employees and UPS, mm-hmm. as, as I'm reading, it says that a lot of these people went home during the pandemic and they were office workers and they just didn't want to come back into the office. And UPS, I think, was maybe working with them, but saying, well, you can't have it all entirely your way. And then they figured out, you know what we can do is we could actually just replace them with some AI. <laughs> oh, no. And then 12,000 people lost their jobs, which is super sad. Um, the drivers, though... I'll say this, and it's not in the article, but I know a a driver who's an acquaintance of mine. I can't remember if it's UPS or FedEx, but if one of them has the technology, I'm sure the other does. He said that it's gotten so easy to drive for them because they have incredible technology that actually he said it's to the point now where it'll map routes for drivers using only right turns. Because it's gotten that smart that it can figure out how to do that, and it saves time. Yeah, I was going to say that's I needed
5: that when I was like 16, and I didn't want to do any of the left turns.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's figured out how to do parallel parking for you. Oh, that's Uh, awesome. They they definitely, well, you buy a new Ford, it'll parallel park for you. I don't know how many times UPS drivers are parallel parking. Usually they're parking in front of other people's cars. (laughs) They're double parking. (laughs) They're double parking. Um, But that poll and that question is why we have brought everybody in the room because we're going to answer that question. Now, Brad, I don't know if you want to answer first because I, you guys have a different take on this question than maybe we who are producers talkers do. But, Brad, are you worried – here's the question – are you worried that AI could take your job? Uh, yes or
0: no? I don't lose any sleep over it. I mean, it, A, it doesn't do me any bit of good to and worry I, about. And I. Yeah, and I ain't that worried about No. Uh, I don't worry about it too much because it a, it doesn't give me a lot of worry about it. It doesn't do me any good to worry about it. B, I know where AI is as far as technology goes, and it's got some ways to go. I don't know how quickly that is. I don't know how long it'll take to develop into that. You know, like part of my job is calling people, scheduling appointments and stuff like that. i in and, and making requests, reaching out to other people and do that. I don't know where that technology is. Like, Will AI be able to negotiate with other AI to make appointments to have people on a radio show? Well, you're
4: not doing yourself any favors, I've heard you on those phone calls, and you're like, hello, Mary Elizabeth Coleman. This is Brad Range. I'm just trying to fit in. I, for one, welcome our new AI
0: overlords. Uh, There's not a lot of that, but I do see it as a tool. You can use it. um, I don't know. We use it in some of the post-production stuff around here. Uh, It helps us write headlines and stuff like that. It's still in that uncanny valley though. Do you know what I mean when I talk about the uncanny valley It's not valley? quite there yet? Yeah, you're like, there's something about this that isn't quite
4: human. Okay. So Brad just brought it up. It's that post-production stuff that when we when you see videos from the Annie Fry show or others, sometimes there are now algorithms that can help identify cuts to be made to those videos. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the reasons I wanted to bring you guys in because both Leah and AB, you guys both do video editing. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you guys feel like is a supplement to what you're doing? Is it a help? Is it a threat? Is it both?
5: For me, one of my like top responsibilities is video editing. And for a while, I was kind of the only one in the building who was able to do that. But now that people like Brad are stepping up and using the AI to do kind of the simple Instagram reels, YouTube shorts, whatever you want to call them, I find that part of it very helpful. But the part that I don't love is it's taking the creativity out of it. And so if I'm doing like hype videos, commercials, things like that, I don't want AI touching that. I want that to be all me. Half the time when I'm out filming something, I'm already editing it in my head. Mm. AI can't see inside my head and see what I was wanting. Not yet. Yeah, not yet, but... So, so it's a love-hate relationship.
4: So you're not really using it yet then?
5: I'm not, no.
4: Leah, what do you think? I, I mean, is this something that you're like, oh yeah, this is the way of the future. I'm going to embrace it. Or you're like, eh, I'm, I'm kind of with AB here. I, Her- I, I'm editing a video, but while I'm shooting it, I don't like them treading on my territory.
2: Yeah, personally, I'm not a fan of it because I, I enjoy editing videos. Like that's like a hobby and a passion. So I enjoy the process of editing videos so while i understand that the ai technology or software that we're using like speeds up the process for making these videos and it cranks stuff out a lot faster it's like i miss like not being able to sit down and edit a video and then like she said usually when i'm like videoing stuff or when i come up with an idea to video i already have in my head okay, I want it to look like this. I'm going to edit it like this. So, you know, AI takes that away. You know, where to put emphasis on certain spots and things like that. So I, I'm against it. I'm not looking forward to it.
4: You said, both of you kind of said that it's it's in its infancy in that it can do things, but it's not doing them as well as you could a hype video, for instance. Yeah. Are we a couple years away, though, from it being able to do that? or, Or does it never really get to that point that you could really replace a human like it's it's a tool but it, it's never gonna get there
5: I could almost see it getting there in the sense that there's some programs where you can just type in you know photoshop this and this and so maybe you put a video in and you say make this the background and stuff like that so you are still being creative with it in the sense that it's still your idea but they're doing it for you but I I hope that doesn't take over because that is part of the job. And sometimes it's frustrating. You can't figure out how to edit a certain thing, but that's part of it. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes out great in the end, you're a lot more proud of it.
4: Yeah, definitely. It it probably depends deeply on your industry. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people are chiming in on this question because we didn't say, well, if you're in the video editing software business or anything, we're just asking your job, whatever it is, are you threatened? Are you worried that AI could take your job? Uh, Vigo says, I worked in the UAW, so the union would probably stop machines from taking our jobs. But I do find it troubling that AI makes art while we have people still working in warehouses. It's backwards. Uh, Another person, Greg, says, I voted no, but that's because I'm a software engineer and would be more likely to write the AI code Mm. than have my code written by AI, at least for now yeah and that's what a lot of people are saying is they're looking down the road and saying right now i'm not really threatened because if you're for instance the, the example i brought up here from ups if you're a driver self-driving cars are not happening right now mm-hmm. there's been a lot of tests it could be in the future but right now you have to have a human being driving a car no matter who you are or what you're doing but i think there's a lot of people looking down the road And trying to sort of angle their position to make sure that they can sort of crowd crowd out a robot from eventually (laughs) taking their job. And I wonder if you guys are, are thinking that way, like, well, how do I make myself more valuable or how do I develop a different skill, for instance, than one that could be eventually taken over by AI? Has that come to mind?
5: I think that you kind of have to embrace it. You don't have a choice. And so to kind of sit there and be like, well, I'll never use it or blah, blah, blah is dumb. But maybe AI, as we're starting to learn more about it and it makes our jobs easier, it will free up time that you can learn how to do other things that would be helpful that AI can't do.
4: You know what is amazing? And I, you're, you're totally right. But what drives me crazy is that every invention that comes along – we all go, oh man, that's yeah. going to save so much yeah. time. And then you know what happens? You just end up filling the time with something else yes. or your job does because- That is very true. You know, like when people invented washing machines, you are like, oh, I don't have to let the the laundry dry out on the clothesline all <laughs> I day.
0: To, I don't have to sit there and scrub it down the washboard to but get it
5: clean. Now cleaned. I just yeah. leave them in the dryer for four days. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Leah, you and I were talking before the show about this because I always thought, thought it was kind of an interesting question. Um, If I'm answering the question honestly, am I worried that AI could take my job? The answer is no, with the caveat that uh, if I worked in a job that it was easy. Now, I don't think that AI is capable of sitting here doing a talk show for three hours. It's just not. And if there's a day where it could, that's going to be weird. Yeah. Because you will be listening to podcasts or radio or TV or whatever and have no idea whether you're listening to a person, if it gets that good, which it would have to be for you to want to listen to it, you're I not going yeah, to listen to it. Yeah, because I it's couldn't not.
5: see people want it, being interested in listening to somebody they don't feel connected to, and you can't feel connected to a computer like that
4: unless well, it gets good enough that you could.
2: Yeah do you have, do you have Spotify? Yeah. Did you see like I don't know six to eight months ago when they released? Uh, it was like an AI DJ. I saw the, it, but I don't think I ever. I used it at occasionally it. just to like see what it would do, and it talks exactly like a person. Like it sounds exactly like Well Yeah. You know, a DJ would talk. Yeah. Like you can't even tell that it's a whatever, AI. Yeah.
0: Will I am launched a talk show where his co host is a is AI. No kidding. Yeah. Oh. From Black Eyed Peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
4: That so, sounds like an I mean, interesting I
0: podcast. I haven't heard anything on it, but I mean the interesting thing in that situation is is there's still on that podcast there's still a human doing mm-hmm. inputs and prompts. And right now that's where AI is. It's just you've got to prompt it to do something and uh, you got to teach it. It's like okay, well that's not exactly what I was looking for, so I want this more. And so you got to give it like thumbs up and thumbs down and be like this is good, this is bad, you know. And it but it learns and as it learns it gets closer to creating what it is that you want. Which I think that's what's important.
5: Whoever I'm listening to, I like to go and stalk on Instagram and know what they're doing (laughs) all the time. And you can't do that with AI. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Do we all agree that we're at the stage of AI? And this was really, I haven't heard it as much in the last few months, but there was a time in the middle of 2023 where people were screaming like, you have to get into AI right now. (laughs) It is the Mm -hmm. wave of the future. This is the gold rush of 1849 happening right now. But it reminded me of that moment in like 99 or 2000 that everybody, it, probably even before that, everybody was going, you have to be on the Internet. That's <laughs> where the money is. Yeah. And you, you probe a little bit and you go, well, why? And they go, because it's the way of the future. And you're like, but how does that lead to money? And you're like, well, I don't really know yet. <laughs> that, <laughs> that feels like where we're at with AI that people are just screaming, you gotta have AI, it's gonna be the way everything goes but nobody really knows exactly what that means.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So I, I don't know if that means that uh, a talk show host could ever be replaced. Leah, like I said before, you mentioned that story and mm-hmm. you had personal experience with this, didn't you? That you were either
2: Co- well, working
4: somewhere or no. around it?
2: <laughs> no? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I, I said last year, because this time last year I was still in school and I for one of my classes I wrote a paper, I forget what the uh, what the point of the paper was supposed to be, but I ended up writing it on um, AI taking over radio. Uh, and last year there was an article about, I don't know if it was in Ohio or somewhere else in the Midwest where the entire radio station is completely AI. Like, And it's just music stations. It's not talk stations. I was going to say, it seems stations, like that's the
4: only way you could but do all, it.
2: Yeah, all the DJs are completely AI.
4: Then you'd have to keep the break short. Yeah. You know, when, what you guys do on the Brett Mega Morning Show, there's no way to me that even within 10 years, you're no. gonna have the capability of having what sounds like a room full mm-hmm. of people yeah. talking to each other about whatever. With us, we're talking a lot of politics, with you guys, you're talking about other issues. That, that, there's no way. And, and if it's it just did, one
0: computer with different voices. <laughs> yeah. It would itself. have to be.
4: It would have to be I actually am almost interested in listening to that. Whatever that would sound like now, I want to tune in. Let's do a whole break with just fake voices. Oh, my gosh.
0: My my AI has multiple personalities disorders, (laughs) and it (laughs) just argues with itself the whole time. It's interesting, though. The more you work with it, and I've noticed this because I started doing some of the stuff with the video editing and and using it. I can look at other videos on the internet and go, oh, they used AI to create that. Mm -hmm. You start seeing the patterns. That's what I was talking about earlier with that uncanny valley. It's there but it's not quite there. It's just enough that you go, "Mm, there's something a little bit off about that or something. And it'll do that. And every now and then you'll, you'll insert a prompt and AI will give you something that goes, well, that's nothing like what I was looking for. And it's like way out in left field. And it's like, oh. So I'm just imagining imagining a radio show being like that, and it just kind of, for whatever reason, on the one segment, it just
4: goes off the rails. Yeah. And it's like, why are we talking about chickens and and raising them? A deep dive into Walter (laughs) Mondale next. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for participating in this, you guys. And, of course, the YouTube live chat poll of the day. Are you worried that AI could take your job yes or no as we go out here a couple comments from people chiming in erica says ai could conceivably take over my job but i'm not worried about it what could i actually do if i did i guess that's just a good life philosophy michael says not worried that ai will take my job just my life wink Mm. wink (laughs) michael thanks for your contribution (laughs) to the show today i'm ryan wiggins filling in for annie fry hey coming up next stick around there's some stuff maybe from Corey Bush that you didn't hear from yesterday. She's being investigated by the feds. We'll get into that next. You know, we talk about Donald Trump a lot. We talk about Joe Biden a lot. It seems like a weird thing to do here in the 2 o'clock hour, but I want to talk about the Bush dynasty for a second. Brad's laughing. Oh, okay. Where are we going with this? <laughs> the Bush dynasty. You know I'm tasked with keeping you in line. Right? Now, now, I know, I know. Okay. But uh, we don't really talk about the Bush dynasty a whole lot on this show. And uh, I think it's worthy of exploration. You're going, well, why? Why would we talk about that today? Well, I want to talk about the St. Louis connection here with the Bush dynasty. Uh, And you're thinking, oh, you're talking about George here? George W., George H.W., Jeb? No, 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 no. Not that Bush dynasty. Okay. Uh, And I'm not even talking about Bush Stadium or Bush Beer. Uh, I'm actually talking about... Politics, And you go, oh, well, then you're talking about Cori Bush Valentine running against <laughs> Cory Bush. <laughs> What's her name? What's her first name? Trudy Bush. Cory <laughs> <Cori> Bush Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> Trudy what Bush <laughs> Valentine. It's just a slip. No big deal. Oh,
0: man. I don't uh,
4: even know what that means. They're, that, they're, both, they're both Democrats. It's a slip of
0: some sort, well, uh, yeah. but I don't know what it is. Uh, I mean, I got I, guess, oh, I, I, all I had this
4: whole setup and I that did ruin it a little bit, but I'm going to stick with it. Uh, but it wasn't Trudy Bush Valentine who lost to Eric Schmidt, who is now the junior senator from Missouri. It is, in fact, Corey Bush. I-, I-, I led that a little bit. I messed that up, but I thought it was a great intro, and I stuck with it, and I really hit the landing well, if I do say so.
0: It was great until it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're talking about the Bush dynasty here in St. Louis being Corey Bush. Now, uh, we don't necessarily talk a whole lot about Cori Bush here, but she was making national news yesterday. Anytime St. Louis is making national news, I get a little nervous, actually. I was going to say, well, that's cool, but not usually. Uh, The NPR article that I'm reading here says, the St. Louis County Democrat said she received a federal subpoena on Monday about her campaign spending related to her security. Bush's campaign has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on security services over the years, including to her husband. So that's not illegal. Let's, let's just put that out there. It says, and I'll read from the article. It says mm. it is not illegal for congressional campaign committees to pay relatives, even although some people do this more than others. Mm. I think uh, I'm thinking about some West coasters here that have been in the news for this in the last couple of years. Uh, as long as they're doing bona fide work and they're being paid fair market value. So I think that's kind of where this comes in here. You're taking campaign funds, you're taking taxpayer dollars or whatever it is, and you're paying them to your husband for security. And now the feds are going, "Uh, show me the receipts, because we need to see that this is, in the words of the article here, bona fide work and fair market value. So... That was breaking yesterday. Of course, Cori Bush responded to that yesterday afternoon.
3: Since before I was sworn into office, I have endured relentless threats to my physical safety and life. As a rank-and-file member of Congress, I am not entitled to personal protection by the House and instead have used campaign funds as permissible to retain security services. I have not used any federal tax dollars for personal security services. Any reporting that I have used funds for personal security security is simply false. In recent months, right-wing organizations have lodged baseless complaints against me, peddling notions that I have misused campaign funds to pay for personal security services. That simply is not true
4: follow the logic leap that you got to take here that maga has caused the feds to investigate cory bush now i don't know if you've been paying any attention to the news for the last 10 years but the feds aren't like real maga no like in fact no in fact, <laughs> no. In fact the uh, the MAGA world actually has a word for the Feds. They're called the Deep State or the Swamp, and that federal government has been investigating and prosecuting MAGA, right? Right. aka Donald Trump, if you want to go there. So I, I I'm not sure I quite follow the logic leap of. Well, th- this is because MAGA is in bed with the feds <laughs> and they've, <laughs> they've conspired to make this happen against me. Listen, listen, the feds
0: raided Donald Trump's home just as cover so they wouldn't look biased when they went after Corey Bush. Because this
4: was the real goal. Or this was the end goal. <laughs> right. So that's what's going on uh, in St. Louis. That's how St. Louis is making national news. Now, I do want to say that if somebody like Rand Paul or Chip Roy were being investigated for misuse of campaign funds. Now, she specifically says no federal tax dollars were used, which makes me go, can somebody do a follow-up question there as to local tax dollars? Um, But I don't know. But if somebody of, of the caliber on, really the right or the left, although I can't really think of anybody on the left who's super fiscally responsible, so I'm using Rand Paul or Chip Roy from the Senate and the House, If one of those two guys or somebody like that or Thomas Massey or something, Mm -hmm. somebody like that, who's known for being very fiscally responsible and smart and even creative and and coming up with ways to save us money that never get implemented. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If one of those guys got got even investigated for misuse of campaign funds, I would be shocked. And I would think one of two things, either a this actually might be the deep state coming after this guy or B, that they've been kind of lying to us the whole time, that maybe they're smart enough that they're trying to get around laws in ways that they shouldn't, that that would be misconduct. So I have to give Cori Bush credit here because I don't think of her as being somebody who really understands money that much to begin with. <laughs> so if she did accidentally do something like this, I would actually think it was more plausible. Are you following me? Ah. No, because I don't agree with the premise that she is not,
0: she is somebody that doesn't understand money.
4: Well, you say that, but I've got a clip from 2018. Okay. Of Cori Bush talking to, and I, I'm assuming this is when she was running for Congress, mm-hmm. because she's got in the video, she's got lots of campaign signs behind her and stuff, and they say Cori Bush. And I think one of them says 2018. So I think this was during the campaign. Now, Fox News interviewed her. I don't know who the guy is that's interviewing her. I don't recognize him, but it was Fox News. And the video was edited. So as I've watched the video, I'm I'm telling you all this because you'll hear the audio here in a second. As the video was edited, it didn't look like to me they were editing it to make her look stupid or something. They were editing out the part where the interviewer is kind of explaining the premise of the question because it looks like it kind of went on for a while. And they were just making it more succinct. So with that in mind, here is Cori Bush talking about her understanding of of money related items like tax brackets. The wealthy should pay
3: their fair share. Yes, wealthy
4: should pay their their fair
3: share. What is a fair share? What percentage? So you're saying that 40, you're you're saying that they're paying their fair share is what you're saying. No, I'm asking what percentage is a fair share? Their fair share, the same, if I'm paying, if a third of my money is going to taxes, then I think a third of their money should be going. It to taxes. does. Well, it does.
0: I'm trying to understand because you realize the ta- effective tax rate on the poor is less than it is on the rich, right?
3: Okay. So first of all, um, I'm not the poor. I'm very close to that line, but I'm not the poor. Okay. So the effective tax rate, about- the, the effective tax rate on the middle class, okay, is less than it is on the rich. Correct. <sighs>
0: What fair share would you like to change the tax rate to on the wealthiest what percentage of Americans so it's a fair share?
3: So let's say the wealthy 1% could pay. Let's say if they pay, let's just give them 45%.
4: There's there's a lot there. She, <laughs> the interviewer is basically calling out the question, what do you mean by the wealthy should pay their fair share? And in that instance, she clearly doesn't know what she's talking about. And at the end, she says, well, what if they paid 45%, the wealthiest 1%? Well, they do. Uh, the tax rate is anyway. Now yeah. there's loopholes that you can use to get yeah. around, and they do that too. But again, these are all things that Donald Trump called out in 2016 saying, who created those loopholes, Hillary? You guys created yeah. those loopholes. Yeah, I remember that. So, but the, but the effective tax rate, as the interviewer keeps saying, is higher on higher income people mm-hmm. than lower income people. Yeah. And so the question was, what is the fair share? Well, when she said
0: one third, so if like one third of my income goes to taxes, then one third of theirs, you know what that's called? That's a flat tax. That's called a flat tax. That is a Steve Forbes thing <laughs> and a decidedly conservative Republican thing. So, Brad, I don't know if you want to reconsider your position now. That doesn't mean she doesn't understand money. <laughs> it just she means maybe, she doesn't understand the tax maybe code. Maybe she
4: just doesn't understand the finances well enough to know that she's misusing them. Now, I, before we get to a break here, this actually kind of relates to Donald Trump. Not this direct, this direct case here with Corey Bush. But <clears throat> there is somebody else who has uh, been accused of misusing taxpayer money. That person is Fannie Willis in Georgia. You probably know a little bit about this story. They are going after Fannie Willis and Georgia and the Atlanta DA. They're going after Donald Trump and have been for some time for saying the wrong things about the election. They're they're basically saying that he was an insurrectionist and uh, that he can't question the results in the way that he did that he was like conspiring to overturn the election is what they keep saying so all of these cases this one included are simply because the man is the front runner for the republican nomination if he were not none of these cases would be going on or they'd be go so far in the background and and not a priority that they wouldn't be happening you think people would be paying uh eugene carroll to sue donald trump if he were not running for president right now Uh, Her lawyer fees have been taken care of. Well, that's because they can hit Donald Trump for $83 million, if that stands. So what's the news about Fannie Willis then? Well, the Georgia House has voted to revive prosecutor oversight panels, and these things could now oust Fannie Willis. So Georgia House members on Monday passed a bill to revive a commission with powers to discipline and remove prosecutors which Republicans could potentially use to target embattled Fulton County district attorney, Fannie Willis, who is leading the prosecution against former president Donald Trump. The whole point of this, of course, is that she has been caught up in scrutiny over allegations that she hired a special prosecutor, Nathan Wade for the case, because they're together, intimately Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. So she hires a special prosecutor because it's her boyfriend uh, but her boyfriend is also married, and the, the 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 guy's wife ousted Fannie Willis. So it's a big, big mess. And again, the whole point being, can they get this done before the election? That's the entire point of all this stuff. It looks less likely that they will because the Georgia House has just revived a prosecutor yeah. oversight panel that is going to gum up these gears and probably slow it down enough that it will get past November. It remains to be seen, of course. These things will -hmm. will play Mm -hmm. out. But I just figured that in the midst of watching our own hometown hero here go through (laughs) uh, some investigations for misuse of funds, that it also is related to this national story about Georgia's Fannie Willis misusing funds. This is the Annie Fry Show. We got one more segment here before Mark Reardon takes over. And we're going to give you the results of that poll that we've been talking about all day. The YouTube live chat poll. Are you worried that AI could take your job? A whole lot of comments to get to and more to talk about there. We'll be right back on the Annie Fry Show.
2: The the bigger thing here that they're missing as a parent of young kids, I want people that my kids can watch. Taylor Swift is undisputably a great role model. She's a woman that when you watch her music, all the things, my child can watch them. Do you know what my child can't watch? News. When you turn it on, I literally had to hide news for four years while Donald Trump was in because as they're learning what a president of the United States is, I didn't want to say, yeah, and that's him right there. So I couldn't even announce the president until Biden and Vice President Harris.
4: So uh, that's somebody on The View talking about how she had to hide her child from Donald Trump for four years because he was that much of a threat to the way she was raising her child. Ugh. It sounds a little crazy to me. Uh, I get keeping your kid away from news in general because the news can be a little bit nasty, but specifically just keeping him away from Donald Trump? I mean, most of the time, I mean, unless you're talking about watching an actual full Trump rally, yeah, you're not going to hear much from the president. Nope. That would be, I mean, I would keep, if there was vulgar stuff yeah. coming out, I would not let my kid watch yeah. that. But I didn't hear that from Trump no, or it's, Biden, she's that like, matter. he's
0: not a good role model. Well, everything that they know about Donald Trump is like dirt or something that maybe the media has dug up and at, looking back on it, fabricated about him. I mean, the whole Russia collusion thing. She's like, I didn't want my kids to think that that's what the president of the United States should be because he's a poor role model. And I couldn't tell him about that until Joe Biden
4: <laughs> it's just you know it, it's just a surprise it's like it's, because you it, it's clear that she was projecting something onto yes. her kid of Donald Trump that the kid probably wouldn't have picked up from watching yeah, a news clip there's nothing well i mean in the ne- the news was not fair to Donald and Trump. And it wasn't even that they were casting him in a good light. No. So I guess she was keeping him away, or him or her, his her her son or daughter, away from the media's coverage of Donald Trump? Yeah, I have— Is that fair? That, that's Well, no, she just—she
0: didn't want her kids to see how the media was—and she, she thinks Trump is the way the media was portraying him. Yes. But she didn't want her kids to see this man that was portrayed in the media in this light— to be thought of as the president of the United States. I don't think she actually did that. I think this is a load of hogwash. I think this is just something she's saying for clout. It's
4: something you say when you're on TV. Yeah. On The View. But, like... At they're the gonna same go, yeah. time,
0: like if you're really going to make that argument, you can't look at Joe Biden and say, Joe Biden's squeaky clean. And, and the example that you want your kid. Yeah, to, he's the role model. You don't
4: want him to live up to Joe Biden either. You see that man right there? That man defeated Corn Pop. I want you <laughs> yeah, to go out he was and do a, the same. He was a bad dude. <laughs> and he wasn't scared of his rusty ra- razors. Don't you be afraid of chains and rusty razors either. Yeah. Okay, so. Brad has cut some Rogan sound here. Joe Rogan interviewed Bobby Lee, and I thought I knew who Bobby Lee was. I looked him up. He is a comedian, and when I looked up his picture, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen him on quite a bit of stuff. And I guess they're talking about living in a blue bubble. This sounds interesting. I haven't heard it yet.
1: Austin people are great people. They're really nice. They're nice. They're not heads. They're not Hollywood people. They're not lost in this fake world of leftist ideology that everybody's trapped in. They're just people, they're just regular people, man. And those people exist outside of these these blue bubbles where everyone's gone insane. Well, I used to be a part of the blue bubble. I, I was 100% a left-leaning person who lived in Los Angeles. I was 100%, I never voted Republican my whole life. I was very left-leaning, especially with like any social issues. When it comes to financial things, I'm a little bit more conservative, but at the end of the day, way more left than I am right. But California went nuts, man. It's gone like full communist. It's out of its mind.
4: Okay, so that's Joe Rogan. I didn't hear Bobby Lee on that one. We'll play the second one, see if Bobby Lee talks on this one. And their
1: approach to law enforcement is so insane. It's so insane. The no cash bail, the letting people out for committing violent crimes, St- not stopping people for stealing up to whatever money it is. its was it nine hundred dollars now? I think they raised it. I think they made it a little higher San Francisco is non-existent San Francisco Most of San Francisco is emptied out of like big chain stores and big department stores cause they, cause, I, I, w- I wouldn't even do stand-up there anymore. It's crazy. It's, it's, they yeah. ruined it. They ruined the city Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you can bring it back the structure still there. But yeah, you yeah. have to have some hardcore Rudy Giuliani type to come in there and knock heads. Wow. And nobody wants that. Nobody you know, wants that. They're peace love and granola and wear a mask.
4: <laughs> peace love and granola. Uh is is Joe Rogan and maybe Bobby Lee are these guys America right now? I I think that they're
0: I think they're middle left America. Interesting. I think they're center left. And and that's like they're going wh- where is everybody going? I I was
4: I was left-leaning, and I haven't moved, and you guys are way over there. Well, that's what Elon Musk said, too, Mm -hmm. that he was a left-leaner. And I I think what's interesting is to see people who had been pretty socially liberal. Mm -hmm. These would have been people who might have even been included in the libertarian world who were very socially liberal when it came to a lot of the issues from about two thousand. Five through about two thousand fifteen, sixteen. Uh, they've it, it's like something changed, and I can't tell you that it was Donald Trump, but things have shifted. You, you always say the Overton window. Yes, explain explain the so, Overton window. So the Overton window
0: is like where the middle is, and it shifts by the the extremes push far left, far right and it shifts the Overton window. So if if the left starts running to some more really extreme radical views, what ends up happening is is what is considered center moves more left, and then what is the the people that were there that were in the center, as the left moves their Overton window to the left, it makes it look like those people that were
4: in the center, whose views have not changed at all, look like they're on the right. And then as a result, too, if you were left of center Mm -hmm. and the whole window shifts left, now you're in the middle. You're in the middle. Yeah, it moves. It moves people from that. That uh, is what it looks like. Bobby Lee is saying in this clip. I'm in the middle now. I'm in the middle.
1: I'm in the I middle. I never. I never thought I would ever never, say
4: that. Never. 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 It
1: only happened in this last year. Right. Exactly. I just went. I can't do it anymore. You know, what I mean, people that you thought were aligned with you are like now. Now, like, mad at you about. They're in a cult. They're in a cult. It's. It's got all. I mean. Mark Andreessen, who's a brilliant venture capitalist guy, explained it to me in in, in very clear terms, like what the definition of a cult is, how you can get excommunicated, how you get shamed for having differing opinions, the group think, the whole, he's like, it's a cult. And he's right. He's 100% right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just hard to say because then people in the cult will attack you. But... They're not attacking you for a reasonable – it's not logical yeah. like the way they're attacking you. They're
4: attacking you like someone attacks religious beliefs. I'm going to play one more cut here from this interview be- just because I, I, the title sounds interesting to me. And it is actually one of those issues that I believe, like you're saying, Brad, that they've, they've moved so far left on this issue mm-hmm. that I personally know people who are Democrats, who are still Democrats. They're, they haven't, like, become – Republicans, let alone Re- Trump Republicans, yeah. but they they still say no, no, no. I'm definitely a Democrat, but they probably are a little bit more, and they're younger too yeah. than him. But they're probably more a little bit in line with Bill Maher, mm. where they're going, dude. Some of these issues, come on. Bill Maher is one of those guys that falls into that Overton window thing. He does, and it it really is. This is one of those issues that you can say all day, oh, it's not really an issue. But it is, and it's causing people to rethink their positions. And some of these religious beliefs, so it gets it gets into these
1: weird gray areas, like like tr- trans people in women's bathrooms. Like, says who? Yeah. Says who? How do you know that's a real trans person? How do you not know that's a f- creep? that don't want to pull his d- out in front of kids. Yes, those are real. We and and spa. You, yeah, and, and if all you, that guy was a convicted uh, sex offender. Yeah. Yeah. And he was doing that. Look, those guys are real. It doesn't mean trans people aren't real also, but those guys are real. And to even say that those guys are real, you get excommunicated. You get treated
4: like you're a Nazi. It's so funny that I'm not going to say I know a ton of old hippies, Mm. uh, but the people that I do know who are left, who are traditional left, they've very much been surprised. And you can hear that in Bobby Lee saying this, too. I don't even want to be the middle. yeah, I don't want to be here. yeah, <laughs> but you force me to well, be here. If, yeah,
0: if you're a stand-up comedian, it's hard to be in the middle. You have <laughs> yeah. to take edgy
4: approaches to things. And he's like, I can't be like they're out edgying me. and so many people on the left that I've known in my like artistic career, they actually like being there partially because it's fun to be on the edgy left. It's fun to poke fun mm-hmm. at the old fashioned establishment stuffy white guys or whatever, whatever whatever that was playing golf. (laughs) Yes. And they liked that was almost part of their identity. Mm -hmm. I like being here. I like that. This is who I am. I very much identify with being the person who's against the traditional way of whatever, but they, and we're talking about people my age and even some younger. I mean, we're talking about some late 30 year olds through probably 70 year olds who are finding themselves completely homeless at this point yeah. politically because they they still want to identify that way, but they're realizing when they look at actual issues and where politicians stand on those issues, I don't believe what I want to believe about right. that person. He's saying things that I don't agree with. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's almost like a shock is happening to the nation over the last yeah. few years.
0: I'll tell you what the other interesting thing was, too, is because he was talking about this in that cult, place he's like if you if you go after something that is is sacrosanct to that group then you get insulted they come after you they call you names i mean what is it that the left calls calls people that aren't left enough for them they call them extreme (laughs) right-wingers like joe rogan has been called an extreme right-winger uh they've called Elon musk an extreme right-winger they called bill maher an extreme right-winger because he said whoa 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 Let's not do this here. But like to me, the interesting thing is, is this isn't unique to either side. Both sides are guilty of this. They have these people on the either side that are getting a little culty, and they have their sacrosanct things. And if you don't go along with that, they call you a name. Do you know what the right side calls you? Woke. They don't. They either call you woke or they call you a rhino. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, you're you're just a rhino. You're just a Republican in name only. You're just a secret liberal that's doing all these other things. That. I get I'm I'm sorry guys I know I'm going to make a lot of you mad at this. I am so tired of that phrase. You you're not you're not a rhino. You're just not as conservative as some of these other people. Well, I
4: think you're upset with it because it's been overused. It is. Because it's overused because there are times where it actually applies and right. other times you're we like, "Come on."
0: Yeah, Chip Roy, they called Chip Roy a rhino because, because he, he was he, yeah. because he supported Donald or he supported
4: Ron DeSantis instead of Donald Trump. That's silly. Come on. Yeah, that's silly. So so some of these things it's just a uh, a uh, it's fun to sort of sit back and watch. There's one more clip here. I'll play as to they they say they think they know why this is happening. I
1: never even cared about it. Didn't care at all. Yeah, I mean, I, whatever you are, I'll give it. You know what I mean? But it's like I can't do it anymore. I think it's engineered. I really by do. who? By China and by Russia. Oh no, Chinese. Yeah, I think uh, what they're doing <laughs> by manipulating social media. Manipulating algorithms. I think some of it is natural. Don't don't get me wrong.
4: So they're blaming foreign governments. I don't think it's entirely that. No, but foreign governments certainly are happy about well,
1: it. Well,
0: he he, Joe Rogan pointed that out. He said it's not all that. Uh-huh. But he goes, they're definitely in there getting on them. Like if you see your buddy like almost falling over and you have the chance to just give him a nudge so you fall <laughs> over for comedic effect, you're gonna do it. If you see your enemy off balance, you're gonna knock him off further off balance. You're not gonna pull him back on. I think that's more what I'm seeing from like the Chinese and from the Russians. It's creating discord and chaos within the country, and that helps them.
4: So Rogan was almost canceled by those very people, Mm -hmm. if you remember, at the beginning of 22, Mm -hmm. because he would not stop talking about COVID. Yeah. And he was not... Saying the approved narrative, right? And they said, "Well, we're going to delist you from Spotify." Then, and yeah. they just, they couldn't get they Spotify couldn't get, to do it. No, but then, major artists were coming out, if you recall, Terry and saying, "Bradshaw, take my money off of your <laughs> site. Take my music <laughs> yeah. Who off was your it? site." Who was it? The Southern Man guy. Uh, uh, I don't remember him. I remember Crosby, David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, yeah. Nash, was doing but, it.
0: I can't think of that guy's name. He's he sings Southern Man. Uh, Neil Diamond. Like, take my music off oh, there. It's like I didn't nobody remembers. Nobody him. cares about you, you crusty old oh, man. Oh
4: man, Neil Diamond. Mel, you're gonna make some people mad. Uh, that's now. all right. He's a crusty old man. Grumpy bear. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Joe Rogan, man. What a, what an interesting guy he has become. Who would have thought of everybody on news radio that he would have so been smart, <laughs> the though. guy that's like come he out.
0: thinks about a lot of things that a lot of people don't.
4: So the YouTube live chat poll today. I'm looking forward to getting the results, Brad, if you would be able to pull those results up. They are, are you worried that AI could take your job? Yes or no. A few final comments here before we get to the end of the show. Uh, Russell says, I voted no. I'm also retired and would have no issues with AI taking over my to-do list. (laughs) Ha ha. Ender says, no, even working in tech and data security at that, AI won't ever take over my job. There will always need to be some human element involved. We're hearing that a lot. Actually, we probably should have made retirement. We got
0: a lot of votes in here.
4: We did. Okay, well, what are the results?
0: So the results with 202 votes in, uh, 87% of you say no. You're not worried about it. I'm
4: surprised. I thought it would have been closer than that. I did, too. I actually thought over 50% would have said so. So, okay. Well, that's good to hear. I wonder if we would have added the caveat in the next 10 years. You know, maybe right not right now, but what about down the line do you think that would be? Uh, so, thanks for participating in that today. And, of course, thanks for listening. I have been, and still am, (laughs) Ryan Wiggins, filling in for Annie Fry. Mark Reardon is up next.
1: Get more
0: at 971talk.com.